Hey, this is Rob. And this is Shauna. And our lizard daughter, Ripley. And, and this, this is, is Horror Movie Whores. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the first ever Horror Movie Whores podcast, where we're going to be talking about my personal favorite movie. Dun, dun, dun. Psycho, the 1960s classic from Alfred Hitchcock. But before we get into that, let's talk about things that we've watched, listened to, played, done. Um, first, I will go off and say The Patient, starring Steve Carell. Fucking amazing. Creepy. And he is definitely daddy now with that gray beard. Shauna? I've been really enjoying watching The End is Nigh, which is a different kind of scary because it's based off of what can really happen to us and all the things we've done to deserve it. Yeah, um, if you haven't watched it yet, it's on Peacock. It is hosted by Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, it is basically a simulation of what will probably eventually happen to society and the world because of our lack of care for the environment. Any songs you've listened to? Well, I can start off with our song of the week. Yes, the banger. The thing that goes bump, bump, bump in the night. Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Yes, that is such a great misheard song, in my opinion. I love it, but Cats Cannot Sing is not the lyrics. Robert Byrne was talking about how this was his very first song that wasn't a cover. And he's like, oh yeah, this is just for LOLs. And it ends up being one of their greatest songs and like the most popular songs. Yes, and uh, by the title, you can probably realize why we're talking about that one this week. So, he purposely made sure that he spoke in a staccato voice for it, so that it really emphasized the split personality, and I didn't realize this until looking into it, that Selena Gomez uses the bass line for Bad Liar, which I'm shocked, because I love that song. Yeah, I did not know that. I do not listen to that much Selena Gomez. I do watch a lot of Selena Gomez. Speaking of which, um, Only Murders in the Building. If no one's watched that, that's another good show. It's not really horror, but kind of comedy, mystery, thriller. Selena Gomez is in that. Mm hmm. Yep. Good time. Very good time. Um, now, any games that we've we did just get back from Mothman Fest and got some decks for MetaZoo, which art's pretty cute. Definitely horror-related, about cryptids, spells, stuff like that. And I know I'm really excited for the remaster of the Fatal Frame game, because I never got to play it on my consoles growing up. But I've watched a lot of videos of people playing it, and I am ready for it. Pretty creepy. Really great game. And back to Mothman. If you guys have never been to Mothman Fest, it is a great, great time. I highly recommend going on Friday beforehand because on Saturday there were just so many people and like people were parking everywhere. It was ridiculous. But still, 100% worth it just to get a whole bunch of people together celebrating a cryptid. I mean, can't beat that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, on to the main event. Shauna's favorite horror movie of all time. I will actually hand it over to her to talk about as much as she can. Oh, I don't know if you want to do all that, because I can talk about this movie quite a bit. So, the film came out in June of 1960 and was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. 47th movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's 47th movie. It came out right after North by Northwest and Vertigo, so he was already on a roll at this point. And, but it had a $800,000 budget, which was only a fifth of what North by Northwest had as a budget. Which seems awful low, doesn't it? Considering he just came off of all those hits, had a TV show, you know, he was a household name at this point. But he ended up having to use his own money because Paramount was very upset about how he was doing it. They weren't sure if the censors were going to approve of it. And 
it was the very last movie he actually made with Paramount before switching over to Universal, which is actually why some of the sets are on Universal's property, even though it was a Paramount movie, because he had already moved his office over. And so a lot of his stuff was right there. He's like, well, if I'm here, I might as well film here. Um, I would like actually, actually to interject here for a minute, and this goes to all the censors out there who are afraid of a little bit of sex. Let the art too. free. Boo. Free the nipple, boo. Next, let's talk about the house. It is iconic. It's creepy. Everyone loves it. Um, people still flock to it. I mean, that's kind of one of my life goals to go to it. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. It is actually, if I'm not mistaken, and Sean can correct me, designed off of the original art for the Adams Family house. Uh, Yes, but also the House by the Railroad painting by Edward Hopper. So it was kind of, the inspiration went between those two. Um, it was originally built just as a the left wall and the front of the house, because that's all you see in the movie. But they ended up, at, it was so popular, they ended up adding a, a wall and the back of the house, of course. And they've actually moved it three times since it was built. And they originally moved it because it was way too close to Jaws Lake. Which, which I did not know this is where they filmed Jaws. I thought it was just a cool name. Well, at least parts of it, yes. But uh, other thing that's in the movie that's still kind of-ish there is when you see the car lot in the movie. It's still a car lot, but now it's a BMW dealership near Universal Studios. And across the street is a, I think a restaurant, but don't quote me on that. I don't live in LA, so. <laughs> yeah, I would be there all, all the time. We don't live in LA. <laughs> I do love that it is still a car lot. Um, I'm sure all those car salesmen and BMW think people are sitting there taking pictures of them. But it's just because a cool movie was filmed there. And the car went up for auction from the movie with a bill by from Alfred Hitchcock for cleaning of the engine, right? Yeah, for $100 to yeah. clean the engine. Can you imagine if that's what it costs now? Yeah, for real. And up next, let's talk about... What do you want to talk about next? It, uh, let's talk about the awards it got, because... To me, it's all over the place. Yeah. It got nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Supporting Actress for Janet Leigh, Black and White Cinematography, Best Director, and Set Decoration. And anybody has watched the film, that's not the parts that stand out for me. I mean, Janet Leigh, of course, but like... And the fact that Anthony Perkins had no nods fact that that amazing score by Bernard Heyman had no mention. Like, the, to me, those two people make the movie. Yeah, that is uh, pretty messed up. First off, the sound. Oh, amazing. Chef's kiss. Uh, Janet Lee. Dear Lord. Dear Lord Janet Lee. And now her daughter Jamie Lee Curtis. Dear Lord. <laughs> like one of your top tier slub crushes. <laughs> my horror mommy. Well, tie between her and the new pinhead. Both my new horror mommies. Uh, what about Elvira? <laughs> three horror mommies. Don't worry about it. I, I'm the whore in horror movie whores, if no one has guessed that. But, Still, robbed. Robbed at the academies. Is the yeah, absolutely. Roundabout robbed. thing here. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Alfred Hitchcock tell Anthony Perkins that his uh, castmates sucked when they all lost? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I heard that he said that, which, that's on brand. Well, it also was the year that, the same year that this came out, Spartacus ended up beating it in the box office for ah. that year. So, like, ah. nothing against Spartacus, but, like, 
Come on. That's that's clearly not my kind of movie. But that's, it's this isn't called Spartacus movie horrors, okay? But it did make thirty two million dollars off of eight hundred thousand dollars. So I mean that's that says a lot right there. That's a win. That's definitely a win. And speaking of inspirations, it was based off of a book by Robert Block. And I have read this book. Ooh, tell Oof. us more. This book is creepy with a capital K. Now, a lot of Oedipus complex, a lot of like things that they probably couldn't put in the movies in 1960s, like a lot of like very heavily implied mommy love. And, mm. Ooh, uh, please, please do tell us what mommy love means to you because just <laughs> the way you said that is perfect. Not the same that you have for the pinhead mommy. I'll tell you that. That's fair. Okay, yeah, let's move on, because that's it. <laughs> also, boo to that. Boo. Boo to that book, boo. I mean, it inspired such a great movie, but honestly, this is one of those where the movie is better than the book. Boo, boo the book other than for the inspiration. Boo. <laughs> but it, the character of Norman Bates himself is based off of the infamous serial killer Ed Gein. Yes. Um, love him. Uh, he got me into my love for serial killers, which is a weird thing to say, but more my love for true crime. I think everybody has a messed up fascination with true crime, like how far you can push everything. And That's fair. Uh, you never forget your first. Mine was Ed Gein. Uh, mainly from Master, which we'll do that movie later. Yeah, so Ed Gein is so messed up that he's not inspired one, but three separate horror movie icons. So that tells you how messed up this dude is. Let's name him. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface, because he liked to make lovely decor out of lamps and skin lamps. <laughs> Nothing. It was just funny you said he made decor out of lamps, and now I'm picturing his whole house. Uh, couches made of lamps. Skin suits made out of lamps. <laughs> I mean, I love lamp. I mean, I love lamp he was too. the original I love lamp, I guess. Yeah. But what like, she meant was made... Use body parts to make furniture, such as skin made into lampshades, stuff like that. Right? Right, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Here's the next one. The second one is Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs. Yes. Because he had a fascination with wearing or wanting to be a woman and so he would always skin them and wear the the, the boobs around. He would you know, live his drag queen fantasies in the most messed up way possible. Yes, I do love that movie, but no. No, I would not fuck that. <laughs> Get it? Dead. Would you fuck that? I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. He would go on to star in Monk with Tony Shalhoub. Did not realize that until the show was over and I looked it up and I freaked out because I love that show. And third. And then the third was Norman Bates. It's, this. it's almost like we're talking about this movie. That's what we're doing That's right what we're now. Doing right now. Oh my god. Okay. And that was uh, the mother loving. Yes, the Oedipus complex. The Oedipus complex. Yes, the I know what Eddie that is. I knew that complex. before this this podcast. <laughs> smart. But also, the fact that Ed Gein, to me, like the creepiest parts about him are like his infamous nipple belt or some of like the other fashions he did. It's called fashion, honey. Don't be dumb. <laughs> I mean, to me, like, I want to see Leatherface rocking a nipple belt. Like, give it to me. I want to see Leatherface cucking it like Buffalo Bill while dancing in front of a mirror. 
Yeah, I, I, I watch it in the dark. And then another inspiration on the technical movie side is Diabolique, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, we're sorry. We're in uh, Podunk, America, so please forgive us. Uh, I had small town education, okay? Eher. That's actually one that's been on my watch list forever. We're definitely going to have to watch that, though. Yes, we will watch that. And um, it seems to be only mainly two parts that kind of inspired it. A black and white shower scene and the twist ending is what it feels like. But we're going to watch the whole movie. We'll probably make a little mini so to kind of compare and contrast the two. Oh, yeah, that'd be super fun. So cute. And, um, fun fact, this is also the first time a toilet is shown on a TV movie. Or a movie, I should say. Yes. Um, I believe Leave it to Beaver had the first one on TV. But. This is the first one. (laughs) That's where that goes. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting hearing the what were some of the reactions to what people were doing in the theater when this was shown? Laughing, kind of being a little embarrassed, a little bashful. Oh my god, I can't believe that's there. Oh my god, I have one of those. I mean, like, you gotta think about the fact that it's never been seen on a movie before. I guess, but still. Like, I don't know if you know this, but that's where poop goes. (gasps) No. No. Sometimes. And ladies don't poop, so how would they know how it works? Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, sometimes that's not where poop goes. Sometimes you can't make it, but that's okay. I know. Ripley, <laughs> Ripley does it in her cave, and she is actually not looking at us right now. She's in shame because she doesn't. She's mad. She doesn't have her own little mic, her own little setup. Yeah, we're gonna have to get this mic. Yeah, she's cute. Uh, go to the website, you can see her picture. Yes. Uh, would you like to talk about actors and actresses, maybe? Yeah, let's talk about Janet Lee, um, the original horror mommy, in my opinion, who then produced a new horror mommy, so she's actually my horror grandmommy. Um, so, she had been in, first off, I want to comment, until we started looking this up, I feel ashamed. I did not realize she was actually in Halloween H2O with Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm ashamed. But Sean actually found that out. And who did she play in that? She played Norma in it. Norma. So like a little like tip of the hat nod? Yeah, yeah. That is hilarious to me. Um, she was in Twilight Zone. She actually won a she won the Best Supporting Actress for this. Or for the Golden Globe. Sorry. Yeah. For this one. Psycho. Not Halloween show. No offense. That movie was shit. <laughs> Just set, throwing it out there. Um, she was in The Fog. She was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She, she Wrote is a great show, by the way. It really is. I don't know if enough people watched it. Hopefully they can do a reboot. With Angel Lansbury coming back. I think Angela Lancer is the most prolific serial killer, because, like, there's nobody that has that many nieces. Yeah. Um, if you watch an episode of Family Guy, they actually explain that in the show, she was the killer, because there was an episode where she had an abortion. Not, not an actual episode, but in Family Guy. Still. Pro-choice around here. We're pro-choice in this household. She was actually also uh, Meg in Little Women, which I thought was kind of weird. So, Uh, like, you know, I thought... I think I've only seen one Little Women. Was that the only one called Yes. Yeah, that's the only thing I ever saw, and I don't think that was the same. No, no. No. But then her counterpart, I guess the lead of the movie, would be Anthony Perkins. Of Psycho, not Little Women. I was like, yes. <laughs> His first movie was 
in The Actress in 1953. He was actually in Murder in the Orient Express, which recently got remade what, a couple years ago. Yeah, okay, didn't know that. And while he got completely snubbed at the Oscars, he did get an Oscar for Friendly Persuasion in 56, and he got a Bambi Awards Best Actor for Psycho. I've never heard of Bambi Awards, but... I, I don't know what that is, I but I'm very intrigued. I'm yeah, like actually look that up right now. You go ahead and keep talking. That's literally the first time I've ever heard of it. And you have Vera Miles as Lila Crane, as uh, Marion Crane's sister in the movie. She was kind of on their payroll already, so they kind of used her. Um, she used to be one of Hitchcock's favorites, but he ended up kind of getting out of favor with her after she got pregnant while he wrote this whole movie for her, and so he she couldn't record it. Vertigo? You might have heard of it. Uh, I have. I have not had the pleasure. See, uh, John Gavin played Sam Loomis in this. Uh, he's the uh, Mister of the Night, I guess. Oh, do tell me more about the Mister of the Night. Well, he's kind of in the beginning of the movie, without getting into spoiler territory. He was banging somebody, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, we'll get say. into that a little bit later. I was gonna say I like the idea of having a spoiler half, but it's been sixty-two years if you haven't watched it by now. But um, I just looked it up. Bambi Awards are an award ceremony in Germany where you get a little replica Bambi. Oh Aww. my gosh! Oh my god! Look it up, guys. Look it's it up. Cute. It's super cute. So cute. And I th I found this really interesting because I didn't realize this that um, Patricia Hitchcock, which is or Alfred Hitchcock's only child is in the movie as the secretary. Did you realize that? I did not realize that. Um, I actually, we just rewatched this um, and we found that out. And after watching it and looking at her, I don't know how we didn't know because she looks so unfortunately like Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. I mean, at least she's rich, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I hope to God. Because it's just, it's unfortunate. Not not trying to be mean, but, but unfortunate. Um, and the writer for the screenplay was Joseph Stefano. He did Psycho. He didn't come back for Psycho 2, 3. But he came back for the Shot for Shot remake-ish. Oh, because he, uh, I mean, I guess they had kind of give him a nod because he wrote the original. Okay, okay. We're going to pause for a second and we're going to talk about the 1990 <laughs> version. It is awful. Oh my god. I Look, doing a shot-for-shot remake is fine, but if you're going to do a shot-for-shot remake, do a shot-for-shot not-shit remake. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Uh, John Voight. Wait, is it John Voight? No. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Poor, poor guy. How dare he be in this movie? Also, I don't know why I thought John Wayne. That's, <laughs> that's Angelina Jolie's dad. Yeah, that's uh, fine. It's um, fine. That's how, that's how unmemorable it was. I thought it was John Wayne. I've actually never seen it, because I just can't bring myself to do it. I watched like the first little bit of it, and I was like, <gasps> nope. Hard pass. Weird. And I just went and watched the original again. Yeah, if you're going to watch one, just watch the original. Seriously. But he also did some writing work on the Outer Limits TV show and uh, Swamp Thing, of all things. Outer Limits was good. Great alternative to Twilight Zone, so good for him. Swamp Thing, yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched that. But... Fuck that remake. <laughs> God damn. Well, after this, let's uh, get more into spoilers after the break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to go rinse my eyes out after watching the remake. It's been years. 
and it at this point you know that you can pause it and if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled watch it now thank yes. you <laughs> thank you guys definitely go watch it it's been 62 years y'all suck if you haven't fuck those kids welcome back you spooby bitches it's been literally about two weeks since we recorded the first half so you better watch this fucking movie by now because there's about to be some spoilers let's get into it boo Get into it, yeah, as our queen Doja Cat says. Fair enough. So, we start off with this gorgeous opening sequence where they took what the composer Burton Hammond came up with and really matched it to the opening sequence of title. Yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It really set the tone for the movie for me. Yeah, it and, really set the tone. And, like, you know, they don't all do that. Sometimes they're just kind of, oh, look, here's the people. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, it's a really classic scene where the opening credits are matched to that music, and then the camera goes flying into the hotel room where the affair is happening because Alfred Hitchcock, obviously a sick fuck, liked a POV fly on the wall type thing. If you actually pause it, you can see him hanging on the ceiling, watching them <laughs> bang it out. Not true, but his cameo does come up shortly. But you uh, open up to John Gavin and Janet Lee, or Janet Lee, goodness, and um, it this surprised me because you know, like they're both stunning that. John didn't want to do the scene because he was so ashamed of his body. He didn't want to be filmed like that. And all these were, you know, shirtless, but it just... And honestly, kind of a snap. Yeah. It was a good look. Hey, you can't say that. <laughs> I can't. I just did. <laughs> Alright. But... That's your hall pass. That is your hall pass. He is dead and your hall pass. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> but, uh, anyway... So, you, you know, it's very risque, you know, like, at this time period, you, you really didn't see, like, such things alluded to even, let alone, you know, like, here she is in her white slip, and, you know, yeah. he's looking beautiful. Yeah, she is beautiful. I wonder if she would ever have a daughter that's hot. Oh, wait. <laughs> Your or my all-time scream queen, always Jamie Lee Curtis. I love her. Ugh. Oh god! <laughs> oh, I have a too doughy of a body for her. So then it goes from this rendezvous over lunch. I believe it's actually French. It's pronounced rendezvous. Oh, rendezvous. Yeah, uh, Duolingo French. But they, she goes back to the office, and here is where you get into that cameo that I've watched this movie like a million times, and it's so blatantly obvious, and I didn't notice it. Her favorite horror movie as of right now, I believe. All time. Yeah. All time. Uh, second is Ernest Scared Stupid, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, rewatching it, it does... It stands out because it's a silhouette. A very, very obvious silhouette that is so noticeable. And I guess I never really questioned where his cameo was in this movie. Yeah. Like, all of them, you, you wonder, but that one I just didn't. Like, she walks through the door, and he's just standing there just like he would in Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And in the side profile, and I can't believe I never noticed it. Yeah, no. But Same. another nod is the secretary in there is actually his daughter as well. Yes. Um, don't know how I didn't notice that either or realize that because for better or worse, she looks like her dad. In this movie, at least. Oh, yeah. She definitely does. Yeah. Um, so that's two cameos right off the bat. 
and so then we get introduced to this. I I personally believe that he is the inspiration for Doug Dividome from Fairly Odd Parents with mm. his white cowboy hat and his accent, his very southern accent, and then the big boots. Like it that's just what it makes me think of. Apple bottom jeans, boots with no fur. But that whole room was looking at her or him. Because he just had so much money, it's basically a drop in the bucket, you know? Yeah, and uh, uh, the way he talks to her, you know that's how every secretary was talked to back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, like, he kind of makes you be like, yeah, I would probably take his money, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't need it, and oh. he's a jerk. Oh. oh, is that spoiler? We just oh, we're in hunt- spoiler territory. Oh, God. Oh, hunty, we are. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, so she steals some money and runs. But. And I wonder if you can guess where she winds up at. But a odd, pretty cool little nod is that when she takes it, her slip goes from white to black, and that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. She goes from good girl having an affair <laughs> to bad girl stealing money. So affair is good, stealing bad. I mean, it's Hitchcock. <laughs> Go fuck who you want. No judgment here. Yeah, I, I think this may wind up being an adults-only podcast. I think we've tapped three fucks. Yeah, we definitely have. Yeah, sorry. Fucks. Yeah, not for sure. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> but, um, he also, or Hitchcock also chose a 50 millimeter lens because it was the closest to human vision at that time. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautifully filmed movie. Even for that era, it was chef's kiss beautiful. And so then we already talked about how she went to a car lot in this movie, and that's the next place we end up at, is she's in the car driving towards a car lot, but Mm -hmm. they accidentally got Christmas decorations in the background. Yeah. So they had to change the entire time frame of the movie to match the fact that in the background where they were recording, there are Christmas decorations hanging above the car. Yes. So this is a Christmas movie. So top tier, Die Hard, then Psycho. And Both Christmas movies. It actually, it was recorded between November and February. Oh. So I thought that was a pretty quick turnaround. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And while she's driving, she kind of pulls over to the side. And falls asleep because she's just so wore out. Yeah, fucking and stealing. <laughs> little baby's tuckered. And she gets pulled, or you know, like a cop comes up behind her and I like, I just love the fact that he's like, hey, uh, you might want to go get a hotel, or a motel room so that you can be safe. Yeah, uh, side wow. note, she wasn't. But, you know, I found something interesting out, too. I did not realize that Alfred Hitchcock was either scared or hated cops. That was news to me. I don't know. He just kind of looks like the kind of guy, at least nowadays, that would be safe around cops. Probably. (laughs) He has Uh, money for it. Money and the right skin color. Moving on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was this news to you? No, it's just sad. It's just yeah. very sad. Yeah. Don't hide from reality. Now talk about this fake movie some more. So, um, another thing that... What's in your eye? I do. Another thing that kept recurring that upon like a further deeper watch was the fact that, like, you'll notice that there's mirrors everywhere, and Mm -hmm. it's always trying to, like, outline her 
like, duality of, like, what she's thinking, what she's not, you know. Yeah, I did notice that, and uh, that was interesting because, honestly, she was pretty two-faced in this movie. She was. That was oh, the yeah. bad side. Oh, yeah. The bad side of stealing and the good side of fornicating. <laughs> Thought I was going to say it. I didn't. But, I mean, everybody has that duality going on. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one are you? The fornicating or the stealing? Moving on. Anyways. So, another interesting Hitchcock cameo was actually a black... What was it again here? Uh, his black Cadillac. His black Cadillac drives by twice while she's at the car lot. And you would miss it if not for the fact that the side silhouette is also shaped like Alfred Hitchcock. Of the car? Of the car, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like him. Pause it. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Please don't go. You made it this far, don't go. I was telling you to go, not them. Oh, okay. They have to stay. They have to stay. Okay. Now, we already know about the car lot, how now it's like a BMW car lot or something now. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. I'll give you the cliff notes. Cop, creepy. Keeps stalking her. Doesn't trust her. I don't know why. She seems like such a trustworthy person. Okay. Fast forward to the nitty gritty. The hotel where some may say a psycho lives. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. You said the name of the movie. Spooky. And we finally get to meet Norman. Ooh. Also, kind of a snack. Not gonna lie. Handsome man. So. Everyone's a snack. Yeah, I'm just the whore part of this group. So, anyways. She gets there. Signs in. I believe she signs in with a fake name. Yes. I don't know why. She hasn't done anything wrong. Oh, obviously not. No need to hide out. I mean, it ends up being her downfall later. Ooh. What? What? I haven't watched the movie. I'm not gonna lie. But I Anthony Perkins just did such a great job of like really embodying this character. Dude, so good. A, a lot of uh, he wore a lot of his own clothes. He tried to, like, he came up to Hitchcock and he was like, I really want to try to be more bird-like. So it was his idea to come up with eating candy all the time because yeah. he thought it made him look more bird-like. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, Anthony Perkins is the subject of an upcoming episode of a new show called Queer for Fears on Shudder. Watch the first episode. It's really good. Now, depending on when you're watching this, it could also be an old episode, so go back and watch it. Either way, great show. Yeah, I'm going to say now it's a good episode. I'm either going to be right or wrong. <laughs> so, back to this. Do we know what name she signed in with? I felt like it was important. I don't remember. Hmm. We'll look it up, let you guys know. Do a little mini episode, maybe. We'll post it on our Insta. Our Insta or our website. Oh, we have a website. And it is beautiful. It is okay. So, Norman and Miss Lee are sitting there eating after like he is inviting her to eat and everything, and you know, they're sitting there talking, and he's talking about, you know, how things can get crazy and everybody goes crazy a little bit of time, every once in a while, and that kind of helps spark her into thinking, well, maybe, like, yeah, I'm going to go back and face the consequences of my actions. And... We know that because she goes back and, she, you know, she's doing all the figures of the numbers on a piece of paper, rips it up, throws it in the toilet, which is the first toilet on film, and 
on film in a movie. In a movie. I believe Leave it to Beaver had the first one on TV. Yes. And then he gets into the shower. And this is probably one of the most iconic scenes in all the film, if not, or in all horror, but if not all film. And originally, Hitchcock wanted the shower scene to be sight or silent, which I just can't even imagine that as being a silent. No, the audio moment. in that makes it. Yeah, like kind of like Jaws theme for me. You know, like, that loud music is what makes that scene so terrifying. Yeah. Agreed. And he wanted the scene to be done very staccato, very quick, little bits and pieces together, kind of trying to get around, like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Am I not seeing? You know, you get to see Titty that way. Mm. But, unfortunately for Rob and everybody else, or fortunately, it wasn't actually Janet Lee. No, it was a double. It was a double. Sad side. It was actually the uh, September 1960 Playboy Bunny, Marley Renfro. I can barely read my own writing, oh my goodness. But... She did it all. And, you know, she didn't expect it to go anywhere. But the movie came out before she was Playboy Bunny. But, like, you know, she didn't, like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's the Psycho Girl. And she's like, oh. Like, she didn't expect the fact that she was a body double for somebody else to be the reason she's, like, her main claim to fame. I'm glad it is. But, um, you know, so basically anything you don't see Gantley's face is her. And they, Hitchcock actually was the one that held the knife to her because he knew exactly where he wanted each of the stabs to be and what exactly, because he was constantly trying to fight the censorship on this. I'm glad he did. The I don't want to say let people make what they want to make because sometimes it doesn't turn out that great. But this, it seems like he made the movie he wanted, and it's a classic. He won in the end. And so he was using the knife and everything, and uh. At this time period, you know, you want to take a wild stab, walk a walk it in the dark, of what they used for the fake blood? Well, and this is going to shock people, but I know everything you know about this because it's written down. So I do, but I'll let you say it. No, I you don't go right know. ahead. Let me see your book. I don't remember. <laughs> Hershey's Chocolate. imagine how horrible that would be like you're doing this scene in the shower and they're just like squeezing syrup all over you you are going to be sticky for not a fun reason like that's an instant uti right that if it got there i don't think she was all the way naked she was all the way naked Mm. janet lee was not naked she was wearing like a little like nude bathing suit because they didn't want to mess up her image. But uh, she was naked because at the end, they actually had a God's eye view of it looking down where you see her full splayed naked body. Well, hopefully the chocolate syrup didn't get there. Hoping. But um, they ended up cutting that out for censorship reasons, you know. What? 60? Censorship? What? But, um... Moving on. Yes. UTI, possibly. Don't know. <laughs> chocolate syrup. 
Yeah, if anybody knows, put that in the comment section. <laughs> or email us. Yeah. I don't know if there's a comment section. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when you read it, there's a comment yeah, section. Yeah, there's definitely a comment section. A comment section. Put it in the comment section. But throughout the whole movie, Hitchcock is trying to allude, you know, like trying to throw you off about what the big twist is. Because he knows that, like, once you figure out what it is, that the movie kind of expires. You know, like, the tension is no longer there. You know, it, it falls flat. You know, and that's why, like, once you find out, it's like, the movie's almost over. Yeah, the twist is the movie in this case. And once you find out, it is still 100% rewatchable. I still love this movie every time I watch it. Sean is not really a big fan. Not a big fan. But he used uh, different people in different sizes and different voices for Mother so that it would constantly throw you off because they're different heights and different, you know. So you're trying to figure out who it is, you know, but... It was Mother. And you watched the movie, it was his mother. Mother. Yeah. Yeah, no Oedipus complex at all. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell that word. I've, I've read the book, and it probably says it like 500 times, so. Of Psycho? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it, the book is actually, this is one of the rare cases where I think the movie's better than the book, because the book is just a lot creepier. Because it goes more into all the mother loving fun. Mm, nice. Like all the thoughts he had. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. This is going on too long. I'm sorry, guys. We're getting there. If you haven't watched it, you're about to find out the twist. Dun, dun, dun. If you haven't watched it, don't watch it, please. <laughs> but remember, kids, what does Rob say? Fuck the remake. Fuck the remake. I won't say that for every movie we review, though. There's somewhere it's better. So, Janet Lee gets killed in the shower. What? She was a mother? She was a mother. I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> Must have been the fucking remake. And That's not the remake. But fuck it. Norman, you know, runs in and He's like, oh no, mother, what did you do? What did you do? And he's freaking out and he's being a dutiful son and is taking care of things because his mother lost her mind and killed which, this poor woman. Which, I want to pause and talk about this for a second because he comes running in, and yeah, good kid, cleans up the blood, syrup, all of this, but... I found it weird that this guy is running this hotel, which it's still open. You assume it's successful. And he can't figure out what she did because it looked like she fucking killed someone. He kept asking, Mother, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? There's a dead body. What the fuck do you think she did? <laughs> Anyways. <coughs> oh, my God. You okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what happens with the car? And the presumed dead body. Evil. And, and, side note, forgot to mention this. In her moment of clarity, she decided to wrap up the money in a newspaper. And Norman didn't realize there was that much money sitting there. So he throws it in the trunk with the body. And what does he do with it? He puts it in the bog. The bog. The bog. The swamp. Shrek's hometown. He gives her some real swamp ass. Ew. <laughs> You're welcome. Ew. I don't like that. Alright, so. He puts it in the bog. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you got something? That they actually, actually um, use Marley as well. Yes, they use Marley. <laughs> and Who's Marley? The body double. The body double. Marley. I and they drop her right in the trunk, and she said it wasn't padded. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Yeah, she said she got hurt. Poor lady. 
got a UTI and got thrown in the trunk. <laughs> but um, they throw her in the trunk, and they actually got this way of lowering it down slowly into the swamp. And you kind of, like he does it so calmly that you have to kind of assume that he's done it before, right? Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Perkins has murdered people. Just kidding. Norman Bates. Don't sue us. But, um, would you like to go on with the next part? Okay, so we're going to fast forward here past the bog and past everything else. Which, side note, we did look it up. It's actually Marie Renfro. I apologize. That was my bad. I was looking at Playboys and realized that the name was wrong. Okay. Were they stuck together, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, the cover was stuck together to something. (laughs) Okay. So, moving forward. So, Marion's sister is all paranoid because her sister hasn't called or turned herself in or slept with anybody in a little bit. So, she hires a detective. Guy's weird. Guy's kind of a creep. Guy's kind of a douche. Sean, where does it go from there? So, they're kind of looking around, and you know, they look at the logbook, and well, yeah, he's like, a, oh, well, this isn't the right name, but his, I think the sister realizes that that's her handwriting still. Yeah. But between her and the detective, they kind of are like, well, one of us has to go confront this old woman, you know, that's sitting in the window, because... You know, there's obviously something that's going on wonky here. And, you know, a quick little thing is the detective's walking around, like, kind of, like, snooping through his stuff. Yeah. And he picks up this book, and it's very tongue-in-cheek because... It is actually a Victorian porno book. Oh. That you could tell from the cover. Oh, my God. And I didn't know that until I looked it up. But, you know, that's kind of like another way that he kind of beat the censors. Like, you didn't have to see that it was porn because you knew what the cover was. Yeah, like you don't the... have to open it up and see people spending 400 pages taking off layers <laughs> to get to the good stuff. Kind of... It seems like a older version of those, like, Italian Giallo books, you know. Yeah. Like, you know what the cover is. Yeah, you know what the cover is, and you know what's going on in there. You, you know that some spicy kids don't stuff. know. Kids don't know, but you know. But, um, so, he goes up into the house. Yeah, looking for Norman, mother, whoever he can find. Norm- Miss Norma Bates. Yeah. Um, that's when you actually get to see Mother attacking him. Yeah, and that is also a very iconic scene of him getting stabbed and falling backwards down the stairs. It was really great. Yeah, they actually used a chair with a rear projection for the detective's death. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they actually first he actually first used it in uh, the saboteur and rear window. Because he really liked that stylized fall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It doesn't really look real, but it's it's very iconic. Yeah. Okay, and then um, after that, we actually get to what? What part are we on now? Is that where the sister is looking in the basement? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's like, I, you know, I'm not afraid of a little old woman. Yeah. So the sister is. Being a baller, which actually most Alfred Hitchcock movies feel like to me, he's got like a really strong woman character. Yes. Love it. Um, But she's looking in the basement. She actually finds Mother. And she's like sneaking up on her, but like, hey, you okay, girl? You okay, girl? Wash your face off. Wash your face. Yeah. And turns her around. And what do we see? We see. Pause for effect. Mother's dead. Bow, bow, bow. What 
but who or what has been killing these people? Who was it? Okay, yeah, pause it. Uh, we're going to cut this off. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. JK, who comes into the room? But Norman! Norman Bates in full-on giving me Norma Bates drag. Yes. And actually, when he's running in, if you watch it with the subtitles, it says, I am Norma Bates. Like, he is, like, full-on. Yeah, he's into for it. Cocoa Puffs. He is into it. Yeah, again. So, you know, he comes at her and whatever, and, you know, shenanigans. Yeah, you get... I think it was the dude she was having an affair with. I was too into the scene. Comes up, grabs the arm, stops Norman from stabbing her. Yeah, and so after you have this kind of tussle, you it leads you into the police station. Yeah, it does, but pause for a second. I want to talk about when, I think it was Norman's arm hit the light, and the light was just rocking back and forth. It was so eerie. Oh yeah, whenever it's hitting her face. Yeah, it was so good. Chef's kiss again. Okay. Creepy mummified face. It's so good. Okay, so, police station. Alfred Hitchcock's hit cops. Alfred Hitchcock was the original (laughs) A-cab. Alright, so we get there, and... I guess it's the detective going through literally everything. Uh, Mr. Oakland. Mr. Oakland. So this was another way that they tried to get around, like they had to get around the censors Mm -hmm. because in that time period they had to kind of like be like, well, this is why it happened. They had to walk you through it. Yeah. That's why like a lot of those old timey detective movies have that like scene at the end where they explain everything that happened. Basically like a two-minute version of what we're doing now. But I think they say fuck a lot more than we do. Yeah, probably sometimes. Yeah. But, um, he did that entire monologue in exactly one take. Yeah, that was pretty intense. I would have done it in half a take, but I'm a badass. That he did it in one take. And supposedly Hitchcock looks at him and goes, you have saved my movie. Yeah. Because he knew this was going to help him with the censors. Yeah, and that was a pretty good scene. Then you get to one of the most haunting scenes. Like, it will definitely stick with you way past when you watch the movie. Where Norman is sitting on the bench. And he is just staring at the screen, deadpan, not barely blinking. I don't even know if he blinked at all. It was creepy. And he just, was it the smile or the fly? He goes, like, you hear, like, a, quote, mother's voice. It's definitely not a man's voice. Yeah. Like, as a voiceover, like, an internal thought. And he's like, well... You know, I'm going to let Norman take the fall for this, you know, that basically goes into how, oh, I couldn't even hurt a fly, and, you know, this fly keeps flying on his face, and you hear Mother's voices saying, you know, they'll look at me and be like, oh, she's obviously innocent, because she couldn't even hurt a fly. And then Anthony Perkins pulls this haunting smile where he looks at the camera. And in some versions, it actually got pulled because it creeped people out so much, but I think they put it back now. Where he's looking at the camera and they fade it into a skull. Oh, creepy. So creepy. Um, I did just look it up. It looks like the voice of the mother at the end was Virginia Gregg who mainly did radio dramas, her voice was perfect. Oh, yeah, it's creepy. So creepy. But that is how Psycho ended. Yeah, we spoiled the whole fucking movie for you people. But we gave you, like, 500 spoiler warnings. Yeah, and we took, like, almost a month to record this. You guys are fucking welcome. Yeah. 
Alright. Now. No spoilers for the next movie. Of what we're doing. But it'll be out. Guaranteed. Sometime before we die. Ooh. Oh shit. Should have said that. Should have said that. That's a death omen. Yeah. Alright. Anything else you want to add? Anything you want to plug? Ooh. Let's do plugs. Ooh we get the plug things. Okay. What's your uh, TikTok and Instagram? My TikTok and Instagram is Random Acts Extra. You'll see a lot of my drawing and some really cringy public dancing. Yeah, she does a lot of art. And she actually did one for this that is actually a sticker you can purchase at some point. She likes making stickers. Um, but yeah, Random Acts of Extra. We'll put on, it on the website for sure. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram. I don't think she has Facebook. Yeah. All right. That is it. And you can follow us at Horror Movie Horrors on TikTok. We do little mini reviews on there. Um, our website is going to be in the... There's going to be a link at the bottom of our page here for that. Yes. Yeah. And it is Horror Movie Horrors with a zero. Yes. Instead of an O and a horse. It's weird. I know. We gotta get around censors too. Honey. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, on here we can cuss all we fucking want. Say that word. Ooh, scandalous. Alright. That is it for us. And remember, everyone, always, always leave, leave them, them screaming. screaming.